In the Bible, the book of Esther has a very timely message. Her uncle, Mordecai, discovers a plot to kill all the Jews of the king's provinces. Being a Jew and a man of God, he asks Esther for help in saving the Jews. Read the book of Esther. It's only 10 chapters. And you'll see that when Esther found herself in a place where she was to make a life and death decision as to whether she had nerve enough to go before the king on behalf of the Jewish people, her uncle admonished her. And who knows, but that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. And who knows, but that you and your family have come to crossroads for such a time as this. To become a part of the miracle that God's doing here at Crossroads and to witness and testify of what God is doing in your life and to experience the explosion of new souls God will be adding to our church community. This theme fits perfectly for today's happenings at Crossroads. Today we'll be presenting six babies, 73 new members, a renewal of wedding vows. Can all this fit into one service? Yes, it can. And it will be beautiful to behold. As a church, we're on the threshold of glorious revival. Households are being restored and children being brought to the Lord for the blessings of dedication. Just as Samuel was in the Old Testament and baby Jesus in the New Testament, marriages that seemed over are once again breathing a sigh of love and life. We celebrate a new day. The devil would do what he has always done. He tries to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Today we celebrate because though there was a demonic contract out on the lives, out on lives, Jesus intervened. Our lives, folks. There was a demonic contract out on our lives. His death at Calvary saved us, and today we're heaven-bound. Only Jesus stops the madness of sin. He alone fills our lives with new hope and joy. He's the answer to the problems of our life. Who am I? Am I God's creation? Why am I here? To know and worship God, what should I do? Give him your heart. Trust him to be your everything. When? Right this moment, privately or publicly, you do it. For such a time as this, God has brought you to crossroads and to his kingdom. Rejoice with us. We love you. For such a time of, as this, you might not think it's so terribly important, but I'm afraid we do. You see, God passes nothing by. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever walked a street and there was something on that street that you should have seen and you didn't see it? Why? Because we don't have the power to see it all. We have less power to know it all. And we are too weak to be in all. And if we tried, we couldn't. So I say to you, he, 
He does know all. Now I want to say something else. There's a devil out there that throws some things on us. And some people believe it, would you? I, I, I don't know how, but they do believe it. And what's that? Well, let's talk about fatalism. Let's talk about destiny. Let's talk about, wow, uh, predestined. Let's talk about it for a few minutes, okay? Fatalism is not of God. Do you understand? Now I'm going to shock you and I'm going to put you into a state of stupor. But I don't care because I'm old enough to kind of get away with it. But sometimes we look at psychics as though they were the greatest gift to, to mankind. And even the, the, the United States government and the New York City Police Department says they've helped us solve a lot of problems. Can I tell you something? Any gift of discernment that is not from the Holy Spirit is satanic. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I can tell you don't all believe me, but I don't care. I know what the Word of God says. You say, oh, sister, but I have no, you may have intuition. We all have that. You may have a very, very, uh, a very agile mind. Uh, you may be the best puzzle maker in the world. I sit down with my brother Bob and I get a migraine. He puts my whole dining room table and then throws out a thousand pieces and he's going to make a puzzle. And I say to him, you've got to be crazy. He says, it calms my nerves. It soothes me. I says, it gives me a migraine. So it's my house. I don't want you to do that. He looks at me as though to say, hi. He does his puzzle. And he finishes it. And it's beautiful to behold. Okay? What am I trying to tell you? Well, there are people that can do things. There are people that have, okay? But when there are certain gifts that are used, and when it's going into the tremendous unknown, you see, that world is God's. And what's not God in that world, Satan has already tampered with it. So that's why it's dangerous ground. And I would be very willing to talk to anybody on the basis. I would be willing to share with anybody on the basis. Because you see, our gospel isn't hidden. We're not saying things against people. Uh, we're, not, we're not trying to be the, the negative, fanatical people. No, 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 no. Once again, people are very intuitive. There are people that are very keen. There are people that are very sharp. I see murder, she wrote, every Sunday night. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Because I, I just happen to like uh, uh, the detective, Fletcher. I like her. Yeah, I do. You know what I like best about her? She's 78. Yahoo! <laughs> 78 and still excellent. But what I share with you is in God, there is no fatalism. In God, there is no negative destiny. God hasn't put out a sign and said, well, you will be going, <clears throat> you will be going, uh, all right, I'll let you go to heaven. You will be going, mm, 
No, I don't think I'm going to send you there. Do you understand? God doesn't do that. You see, when he created you, the Bible says you were wonderfully made. The Bible says that you are unique. The Bible says that you have capabilities that's superior to any, any, any invention of man on the market. The greatest computer on the face of the earth is the human brain and spinal column. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Imagine if you had to get up in the morning and say, Brain, can I move my arm right now? Brain, when do I get my left leg over the bed? Brain, what? You don't. You don't. You wake up and sha, boom, over, in, showers on, sha, how refreshing. You're dressed, you're ready to go. You never ask for permission. Your computer's functioning. It's functioning well. It's functioning powerfully. And it not only deals with the mechanisms of life, but it deals with the mechanisms of the mind and the mechanisms of the soul and the mechanisms of the spirit. Isn't that marvelous, folks? That's why I love God. I love God because he's wonderful. I love God because he's marvelous. I love God because he knows me so well. I love God because there are days I don't think about him, yet he never stops thinking about me. I love God because I make things and I make decisions on my own, and yet he's never made any walk toward my life without being totally involved in me. Because every time I turn around, the Psalm 139 says, he's looking at me. Can you imagine that? I love it. I love it. He's looking at me. He loves me. He loves you. No, there's no negative destiny with God. God has not destined people for hell. The only time the word is used is in one of the Proverbs where it says that God uses everything to his own power and even the wicked for destruction. In other words, they're destined. But you know what that destiny is? That destiny is choice. That destiny is choice. You know, I would tell people that and they wouldn't believe me. There will not be anybody in hell by mistake. Isn't that something? There won't be one mistaken person in hell. I hear preachers talk, and they talk as though, uh, you know, you were lollygagging, and uh, you weren't paying attention, and, and you had three beers too many, and, and you, you look a little cockeyed, and, uh, and uh, well, you're going to hell. That preacher doesn't know God. He does not know God. He knows legalism. He knows our stupidities. He knows our inability to touch the human soul and to touch the human spirit. But you know what? He doesn't know God. Why? Because my God is the one that reaches the man that was beaten up on the highway and sends somebody to bind his wounds and sends somebody to pour oil over them and send somebody to pick him up and throw him over his donkey and take him to an inn and then pay the fare necessary to stay and be well and be healed. That's my God. That's my God. 
Oh, if I could only help you to see God. Maybe you could see him like the moment that Job had. Job is the man that was tried maybe beyond measure. But he wasn't tried beyond measure because he made it. But God wouldn't trust us to that test. So don't even worry about it. You'll never be a Job. God understands us. He lost his riches. He lost his family. He lost his friends. And then he lost his health. Well, what do you got left? Nothing. Zero. Blank. Zilch. Over. And then some friends come along. If you ever visit me in this manner, I won't let you in. And if I let you in, I'll throw you out. They decided that if anyone had sinned, it was this man that sinned more than anybody else in the whole wide world. Because their analysis of God is that God judges man according to his sin. And when the punishment is severe, when it's strong, when it's overwhelming, guess what? Guess what? It means you were the worst person on the face of the earth. The worst person on the face of the earth. Folks, we don't understand what God's doing. This week, Joe and I were holding a special week in a Bible school. And one evening, the president of the Bible school says, I want you to stay and meet my granddaughter. Well, I've got 10 grandchildren, so you know that that's a thrill for me. I love to see grandchildren. But I was in total shock. Because this little grandchild walked on her elbows and pushed herself through her belly. She suffers from spinal bifida. Born with an open spine, which took 14 hours to close up. And they said to the mother, if you want us to abort your pregnancy, we will. And I said, no. No. My God is a healer. Well, she was born in the worst way. And the question always is, well, where was God? Where was God? Isn't it funny how indignant we get with God? Like he doesn't know what he's doing? No, you know what, you know what the situation is? It's not that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's he could never test you like that. And he knows it, so he won't. So don't even worry about it. Real tests are for real people. Real tests are for people that are standing on a rock. Real tests are for those that don't care if it's night or day, whether the wind blows or the sun shines. They stand because he makes them to stand. In three days, we got to know that sweetheart. Joe would have brought, him home, or brought, brought her home if they would have left him. They said she'd have no kidneys and she's got kidneys. She would not be able to have bowel movements and she has bowel movements. Her head would grow with the water that accumulates in it. It hasn't grown. She would never talk. And she talks like a parrot. I mean, she says it all. Yet there it is, the little body scratching the floor with her belly and moving her body with her elbows. And I looked down 
And I say, God, what's this all about? And the answer comes loud and clear. So that I might be seen through the clouds and that I might be seen through the storm, that I might be seen through tragedy and that I might be seen through pain. We want to receive Jesus with floating banners. We want to receive Jesus with, uh, what can I tell you, a hop, skip and a jump. I've gone to churches now that all they need to do is get a jukebox. They don't have to worry about anything else. They can dance through a service. I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying. Real Christian life involves so much more than that. But you know something? This morning, you've come to crossroads. And I'm going to say, for such a time as this, our God is not negative on destiny. Our God is not a fatalistic God. He's made us wonderfully. And he's given us capabilities that we don't even know we have. Now, what is God's bid for me? Number one, God's bid for you is salvation. You say, what's salvation? You know, I hear that so loosely. They preach it on the subways and they say, I got to get saved. Saved, saved, saved. What's that? What's saved? Saved is the experience of beginning a relationship with God. And it's not, it's not, it's not heavy duty. It's a choice. And the choice is important. And all you have to say is, Jesus, I choose you. And you know something, I was 12 years old and I slipped something else in between, which isn't biblical, but I slipped it in. I said, Jesus, I believe in you, but you know what? I'm going to try you out. Isn't that interesting? When I was a little girl, the big shoe store on the corner was Miles. You're over 50, you smiled. And you'd go in and get the prettiest shoes in Miles. And especially for Easter and Christmas, the whites and the patent leathers. And I used to love to be able to walk in and, and fit in. Oh, how nice. Isn't that a new pair of shoes that fits nice? Isn't that beautiful? And I said to Jesus, I'm going to believe in you, but I'm just going to try you out. Like the shoes at Miles. If it fits, I'm staying. But if they're tight, if they pinch, if I don't like it, I'm going to leave you. I thank God that he understood the words of a stupid 12-year-old. I'm so glad that he looked down from heaven beyond my ignorance and beyond my inability to really choose right. And today, kids are worse off than I was. With TV, our kids are like on a slab. They're like sentenced to the morgue. Do you realize that there's nothing natural, nothing normal for kids today? Nothing. You either want to be a superstar, be able to dribble down a court, hang on a circle, and boom it in. We're living March Madness, so you know what I'm talking about. That's it. Oh, ma. Oh, ma. Oh, ma. Okay. Buy him a ball. Put up the hoop. What about our little girls? Ah. Our little girls, our little girls. Do you realize we don't have little girls? 
They're six years old and they're swiggling up and down and switching. I, yeah, six-year-old. Say, Ma, what do I look? How does it look? Ooh. They don't have a chance. That's why it's so important that a house be permeated with the presence of the Lord. It's so important that the Holy Ghost be in the house. It's so important that values be shared. And that, they, that we could let them know that in due time, everything is theirs. Everything is theirs. They will have beautiful dresses. And they will have beautiful makeup. And they will live a glorious life. And they will get educated. And they will rise to the heavens. And they'll pitch their, uh, their life to a star. And Jesus will be the driver. And take them to the top. Yes. Oh yes. Our kids are going all the way. But with Jesus. So that somewhere along the line. The tracks aren't derailed. And what you find you have is a disaster. Folks, this is the day and today is the day. Don't let it pass. There's a new happening for you. And that happening is Jesus.